another mummy, another live burial, and plenty of ancient leaves. It's the mummy's hand. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. Storytelling techniques. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the Monsters vs. Men podcast, the bargain basement of the Monster Podcasting Airwaves. This week, as we try to stay alive, we are discussing The Mummy's Hand. And with me today, I have the great Cornatelli himself, Alex. Oh, wow. A great compliment. Mm. <laughs> I was gonna, I was, I wasn't gonna call you quite the gauze or the wrapping, but definitely like the maybe the chokehold itself, mm. Eric. Nice, I, I'll take that. You, you've got the reins of this uh, of your hosting duties. You've, mm. you've got it in a go. firm grip. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, we, <laughs> I mean, the mummy's hand isn't really referring to the grip, right? Though that's kind of secondary. It's more um, referring to... Right. What's his name? The, the, guy, that, the guy that Dr. resurrects it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I like to go literal with these things. So yeah. so we're just like thinking about the mummy's yeah. hand. Yeah. yeah what, exactly. I, was like, I was like, what actions do the actual mummy's hands do? And it's like... Eh. Choke. <laughs> Choke. Yeah. Well, I can't say it on here, but yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah, choked the life out of everything. Yeah, so, at least he had purpose, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> how's it going, man? It's going good. It's been a while. Yeah, it us. feels like it. You know, it feels like yeah, we haven't talked like in a while. I mean, we we often go like a week without talking, and then we just talk on the show. That's <laughs> like, true. But it does feel like we haven't really talked to each other at all uh, this yeah. time around. So yeah, man, it's going good. You know, life is keeping me busy. Gwen is. I uh, have we took her to a science museum, and she was all about the dinosaur bones and stuff. Ooh, Not cool. as into the hundred-year-old cars, as <laughs> 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 you would expect. Oh. Not really a plot twist there, but she had a blast at the science museum, so that was fun. And nice. we're trying to figure out like maybe another science thing to do this weekend. So we'll, we'll see. That's Get, getting her that. getting her into her paleontology early, Alex. She's, I mean, she's a huge dinosaur fan. Yeah. Like, if if she wouldn't be scarred for life by me showing her Jurassic Park right now, uh, I would totally do it. Well, I've told you, I saw Jurassic Park in theaters when I was in kindergarten. I did too. I did yeah. too. So, I mean, she's got a couple years, and then maybe she should be okay. Yeah, I know. I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like my, my parents really kind of like stretch the limit of what we should probably do. But but then I'm like, you know, maybe it's not that bad. Like, yes, we see severed arms and a man gets eaten <laughs> off the toilet. But that was the scariest scene is to me, it, for sure. Yeah, right? Is it that yeah. bad? Actually, the scariest scene for me wasn't those. It was the Dilophosaurus oh, in yeah, the car. For sure. 
That's, that's when scary. I screamed scary. and cried. When yeah, I was that's a scary. And then I watched the rest of the movie between a crack in the door at the theater. <laughs> Did you really? Yes. Oh, that's funny. I actually saw mine. I actually saw Jurassic Park at the drive-in movie theater. Ooh, um, nice. Yeah, so that was cool. Um, <laughs> no, I, it's really funny. My parents, they would allow me to watch something like Jurassic Park, but if it had any sort of sensuality in it, or if a movie had more language than Jurassic Park, it would be an automatic no. Oh yeah. Well, that that that's a that's just a typical American view of anything, right? Yeah. And it's yeah, not even like the weird thing is it's like I mean I guess you, you could inherently tie everything in America to Christian values, but yeah, I would say it's like it's not even like a Christian family thing. It's an American thing, right? Like we. We we judge uh, violence much more leniently than we do like sexuality or language even. Yeah, uh, it's I, so strange. Like you blow yeah. a man, up, you can blow a bunch of people up on screen, no one bats an eye, but drop a couple f bombs, and suddenly like you're being escorted out of the theater. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's in, it is interesting, you know, and you'll see other shows and from other countries that just use a lot more language, pretty nonchalantly. I think. And we're a little bit like, whoa, that's a lot. But I don't think they think as much about it. Oh, I don't. I don't even like see like, I, I don't know. I've never really cared about language. It's like, like that was something my mom always cared about. But yeah, it'll be interesting. Like, you know, I haven't stepped into that territory with Gwen yet. Like we're still like it. Everything's a kid thing. So I'm not really worried about it. But she did get in trouble today for calling two of her friends stupid because she didn't want to play mm-hmm. with them. Um, and that's from one of her shows that she watches. Uh-oh. Like there's, there's Uh-oh. a couple, there's a character that calls someone else stupid. So, um, oh. yeah, so we've learned a lesson. I feel like, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you but go. yeah, uh, there you go. so yeah, she, she's getting her little punishment for the next couple of days where she doesn't get any TV, but she'll, Dude. uh, <laughs> she's learned, I, she learns her lessons pretty quickly. My, <laughs> this is funny. My parents, had something so my parents were super extreme with this whole thing oh i know you weren't allowed to watch power rangers i wasn't but they they had which i don't understand why i wasn't allowed to watch power rangers you're watching at the same time and then you can't watch Uh uh-uh no (laughs) but then uh (laughs) we had something i don't know when this was introduced in our family i think it was like third grade called a tv guardian Alex. Okay. And literally, it was you you've never heard of a TV Guardian before? Is this like parental controls? Like what is this? Kind of. So what it does is you hook it up and you hook your VCR to it and then you hook your hook it up to your TV and so your VCR kind of plays to the TV Guardian. And what it does is it recognizes the closed caption cuss words, right? And what it would oh. do, what it would do is it would mute out the audio when cursing was about to happen and then it would replace the word in the caption with another word wow. so yeah that's kind of amazing I, honestly that's pretty cool like, <laughs> i mean it's, it's pretty it, interesting it's technology like, right exactly like it's interesting technology that it could do that yeah i mean someone had to go like, <laughs> someone it, was wait, really <laughs> what did it sound like because surely it didn't like adapt its voice right no, no, so, no. it so, would just go silent it would just go silent okay. i was right? gonna say like I, I could see it being like you know <laughs> you 
<laughs> like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bust a cap in there. And he goes, ass. <laughs> yeah, I think it would say, like, backside or something like that, right? Uh, because, like, we had it on the – for some reason, we had it on the strictest setting. You could – there was different settings too, right? Okay. And so, like, it took out – it took out some pretty – Minor words, things. <laughs> yeah, like pee and poop. <laughs> I think like butt. <laughs> really? I think so. So even like the censored versions were being censored. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, you're so uh, really so extreme. I'm looking it up. You could like still crap. buy these. Like crap uh, would be censored uh, for wow. sure. I, 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 wow, they just came out with a new model. Oh, did they? Yeah, this thing still exists. Yeah, TV yeah I'm Guardian. sure like the they did come out language with a, filter. Yeah, they they they. I'm sure they have they had to come out with a new model because mine is still like the AV adapter. Oh, I would model. imagine. <laughs> so I'm sure that they have come out with an HDMI version, they or do. if if they're if they're updating the times, they came out with their HDMI version. So you've looked this up, Alex? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I'm not going to buy this. No, this is not well, happening. But this no, is I mean, it just sounds amazing. like a good gift. It sounds like a good gift for my parents, maybe for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, the, you, can, you can buy them the 501 HD. Wow. 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 Oh, oh, what, oh wait, wait, wait. It, it does what's, have a warning. Okay. Please note in the vid in the demo video, you will hear the S word, and it does oh. have S word. Oh wow! wow. Ah, this is amazing. <laughs> How much is it running for, Alex? Uh, that's what I'm trying to look for. I'm wondering if they've got the pricing settled on this. this is like one of their newer products. Um, mm. Oh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Soon to be released, maybe. Oh, and it's got a 45 day money back guarantee. So if they don't like it. They can yeah. send it back. Uh, I don't have the pricing on it. I'm going to have to keep looking it up. But um, I'm, right. I'm going to keep an eye on this. I'll, maybe I'll get it for you. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. Okay. Uh, I well, I don't know. This is an older model. So the, the older model is like model 90 around? bucks. So 90 Oh my god! Yeah, so it's the the HD model is probably like a hundred and twenty. I'm not surprised. That's pretty interesting technology, honestly. Like it's, it is. It's, you, you definitely need to watch the video when you're done with this. I'm going to watch the demo video. <laughs> it's interesting. I mean, it's weird, but yeah, <laughs> maybe Gwen needs it after. <laughs> oh my gosh! No. Paw Patrol is is all of a sudden censored. You're like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we'll we'll need to get that yeah that'll be fine like she won't do it again probably so my parents still have their copy so i can give you our copy alex you i just think, have to oh, connect amazing. it to your av i can't wait i can't wait yeah i'm definitely looking forward to that i think cc scarred her i missed the whole conversation but she definitely meant there was a whole bunch of cops in the uh place we were eating or we were uh -huh. talking to her about it and i think cc I, I didn't hear the conversation but the terrifiedness of my child about the cops that she normally doesn't, she actually usually likes them, um, implies that Cece probably told them that they would arrest her or something for calling her friend stupid and being a bully. That's um, fantastic parenting right there. <laughs> so that's what I think happened. And it wasn't privy to this conversation, but oh, I, I got some like looks from Cece while Gwen was talking, like <laughs> maybe she went too far. <laughs> 
Oh, geez. Uh, That's amazing. That's amazing, Alex. All right. Well, I guess we should transition from TV guardians and censorship into the mummy's hand. Shall we? I kind of like this other conversation. (laughs) (laughs) It might be more interesting than this movie. And that may be true. That may be true. After success with sequels from all its horror properties, Universal decided to create a sequel to The Mummy on a modest budget, The Mummy's Hand. While many of its audiences wouldn't have caught the stock footage use, footage from the original film was used as well as sets and music from other Universal horror films. Fortunately, Alex, on our podcast, we do have a bit of experience with stock footage. But did The Mummy's Hand drop Universal's metaphoric stock? Or are you in the camp that says it rocks? Now, I wouldn't say that it dropped all of Universal's stock because I think Universal's generated so much goodwill uh, for me. But mm-hmm. this is undeniably a blemish on the series so far. I, I really hope it's not a sign of the things to come yeah. because I've had such a blast with these other sequels. But this is this is the weakest sequel yet. And it's also the weakest sequel yet to, I think, one of the weaker original movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I have a lot to say about this one, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. You know, what are some <laughs> initial thoughts from you? Like, is this a bullish market or a bearish market? <laughs> do- I like you keeping the theme there. Alex. <laughs> yeah, I am personally not a fan of the direction that we get in this one. It felt artless to me in a sense. And in addition to the stock footage, it felt like a stock plot with stock quips. And worst of all, stock characters the pacing actually is too fast um which is interesting because it's sometimes been too slow at other parts but right from the beginning of the film it shifts between establishing shots so quick we've never been established alex (laughs) um there are a few aspects of this film which i admire a few but overall i really think the stand seems to slip from the mummy's hand yeah, I, I, I'm glad to see that you were able to find some enjoyment here. Um, and I, I, I will agree that I do think there's a couple elements that are maybe worth some praise. Like, I do like the sidekick character, uh, especially when he shows some gusto or a gusto, as some people will say. I don't know which one's right. <laughs> and guns down the bad guy after the bad guy like, tries to call his bluff. Like, you know, say, like, you won't shoot an unarmed man, would you? And he's just. Guns them down. Love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> However, you know, you mentioned earlier that these characters are all pretty stock. And while I did kind of like his goofiness, he is generic. I don't yep. really doubt that at all. And as for the mummy, well, he's only intimidating in those darkly lit close ups. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, I don't really like the portrayal of the creature. There is zero sympathy here. And even the monster itself is just kind of slow and boring. Like, he shambles less than a mombi. A, a mombi. Wow. A z- <laughs> he shambles less than a zombie. So maybe he is a mombi, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. So, he, I mean, he, like, he can barely move one of his arms. He's stiffer than Frankenstein. I don't yeah. know. He's just kind of lame in this one for me. It's true. It's true. Yeah, I, I'm with you, though, about the characters. I never felt attached to any of these characters. I, I think there's some good moments of interpersonal conflict 
potentially between a few of them, but the characters weren't able to capture my attention in a way that made me care too much about that interpersonal conflict. Dr. Endoheb, uh, Andoheb, the caregiver in charge of maintaining Karis, I believe the mummy's name is, he's the most compelling character, the most interesting character to me because he's menacing and mysterious. But for a movie called The Mummy's Hand, I think we could have used a bit more of him in this film. And then we've got Steve Banning, our lead, who, yeah, just feels pretty one-dimensional and not dynamic. Marta Solvani's character feels shoehorned into the plot, if we're being honest. And Silvani himself and Babe are only around for comic relief. But that comic relief ends up feeling a bit contrived because the tone is all over the place. Um, It just doesn't feel like this film really knew what it wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, Comedy actually kind of landed for me a little bit in this, but again, there's a caveat. I won't even disagree that this is totally inconsistent, but I, I do think it's more consistent than something like the invisible man. But even that, it's not enough really for me to give it a whole lot of praise. (laughs) That that being said though, the story is just, well, it has potential. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it's kind of like when your mom tells you, Oh, he's special. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) But it's generic. And that may be because our villains are not really characters. Yeah, and like I said earlier, like our monster is not even a character this time around. You know, yeah, I like the set pieces; like those had some character. That you know, I think some of the designs were better for me, even though this mm-hmm. had a smaller budget. You know, I like the campsite leading into the yeah. uh, the tomb. I actually mm-hmm. like that area. Whereas, you know, last time I felt like we were only visually treated when we had flashbacks that. I don't think either one, either of us really cared for. Um, (laughs) um, So it was kind of nice to have this final confrontation that was actually a little bit exciting, but really this film's a little rough. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm with you about the final confrontation. I do think we get a bit of excitement there. Um, Like direct confrontation can be interesting. And I mean, the film doesn't take long to get us there. It's it's so fast paced that we're just moving from one place to another after the initial 10 minutes of the film, where again, we kind of get that shorter film within a film just to set everything up. We get the flashback. Once we get past that, it just moves really quickly um, to get to the end. I'm a bit with you with the comedy. There were a couple lines that, that landed with me. Some that were just over the top and, you know, we're, we're entering the 1940s now, Alex. So I think the, the humor is shifting a bit from the slapstick that we saw in something like The Invisible Man to more, uh, well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, are you clips. saying like kind of like uh, the eccentric characters, like where they're yes. a little extra goofy, like just a little exaggerated? Yeah, we're, we're definitely going to get that. Okay. I think we're going to get better versions of that, though, that we'll both appreciate. I, I think this was just a pretty generic form of that style of comedy that we'll see better versions of, hopefully, to come. I'm not against having comedy in some of these films at all. Um, I think they, I think that can work really well. But yeah, I don't. I didn't feel much from this film uh, as far as the comedy. I I actually don't mind the Mummy 
here. I, I think his design is is pretty cool. I agree with you that it's slow. It feels like a it feels like a worse version of Frankenstein and how it moves. Mm-hmm. Honestly, he's menacing though, especially in those close ups yeah, where he has those dark orb eyes uh, that just want to sink into the void of his everlasting torment. That's awesome. <laughs> those are awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're really cool. Uh, if we still did our standout effect award, that would be the standout effect award for me. Uh, I, I just think anytime you have a mummy film, you really need to use the Egyptian setting to your advantage because there's just so much potential for mysticism and mystical horror. And unfortunately, that also pretty much goes missing here. <laughs> you get um, leaves. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we we got the leaves, and then that's about it. <laughs> we weren't huge fans of the original Mummy, Alex, but I think we both appreciated those more mystical elements that haunted the film. Yeah, uh, I'm really starting to wonder, Eric, if uh-huh. Brand- Brendan Fraser's Mummy is the best one. <laughs> I'm, not, I, I'm, I'm like, really interested. I can't wait to see if I, I look. I'm case. more of a fan of Scorpion King Two: Rise of the Warrior, specifically on Blu-ray, but. <laughs> Uh, we'll have to get there later on in the series okay Alex (laughs) yeah yeah uh, one can only hope yeah we just needed more we just needed more mysticism and and strange sorts of horror that is cool you know we need a bit more Indiana Jones uh type of horror I think would be neat (laughs) for sure I agree uh on MVM plus today Alex I know you saw Uncharted this weekend right I did. I actually kind of forgot that I saw movies. <laughs> you see anything else? Uh, no, that's all that I caught. Oh, I watched. I watched Despicable Me, but that's uh, that I've seen it before. Oh well, we will get Alex's review of Uncharted and Despicable Me. Oh my gosh! Uh, no, we're only going to talk strictly Minion. <laughs> okay, and you know Alex will love my uh, my, my review of Best Picture nominee. Coda, um, yeah, and we'll we'll get into some more shenanigans as well over right. on NVM Plus. That's patreon.com forward slash NVM Pod. Uh, if you want to listen in, it's very cheap over there. Uh, and there's also I really like some of the questions and community that's starting to build over there as well, Alex, on the Patreon page. Uh, yeah. We've we've been getting a lot of responses from uh, some of our bargain base mites recently. So yeah. I really, really appreciate everyone chiming in. Uh, it's always good to see and hear those comments. Yeah, John Freeman and Christopher Clavero, they've both yes. given I'm sorry if I said anyone's name wrong. I think it was right. Um, but they've both uh they've really been contributing a lot lately and it's been fun. And Terry yeah. too. Um, oh, yeah. and it's just been fun to interact with them a bit more and <laughs> see their comments and you know, they, they like to rip us quite a yeah, bit over well, there, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, and we may never get to the Witcher, Chris, but we like you trying. <laughs> We, we do. <laughs> it, it, Chris, at this point now, it's kind of like when Eric recommends something. Like, I, I did want to watch the series, but now that you've pushed it a couple times, I'm, I think I'm actively avoiding it now. Valid, valid. Uh, all right, Alex, let's jump in straight to our awards. Compelling character award, who'd you have? Yeah. Uh, I gotta give. So <laughs> this is a pretty rough one, right? Like, I couldn't even remember anyone's name. But mm-hmm. I believe this is a. We'll see. The sidekick is is that Babe Jensen? Are you talking about Babe? Yeah. Yeah, Babe. Yeah. So Babe is a very very deep and philosophical character. 
This is a man of many talents, right? I mean, yeah, he's a smooth talker. Well, not mm-hmm. that smooth, but he's a little ecstatic. He also knows how to perform magic. And he is totally down to just put the bad guy out of his misery, <laughs> right? Like he is, I love that he has no problem gunning this guy down. Like, I was just waiting for it, right? I was just waiting for like that. Oh, he's not going to shoot this guy. He's going to be the good guy. Then some rock's going to fall or some incident's going to kill the bad guy, right? Like, it usually mm-hmm. kind of does. Yeah. <laughs> and this, he's just like, nah, <laughs> I'm done with you. So this is a man of conviction. And I got to give him all the praise in the world. I like that. I will choose the person that he kills, Alex. I'll choose in Doheb. Um, <laughs> the mummy's hand. Right. Uh, What I'll say about him is probably my favorite scene in the movie is actually the conflict between him and Steve at the beginning. Right when right when Steve brings him the uh, the vase that is broken. Right. Mm -hmm. And he says, oh, this is fake because he doesn't want them buying into this myth and going to the burial site. And and it's just there's you can sense the tension there and it ends with him dropping it um, Mm. in a very clumsy way. It was just I thought that was well done. Like like that scene, I could feel the tension there. I appreciated it. I wish we had a bit more of that um, because I did think that that was really well done. And I just think as a as a character, I would have liked to have seen more of him. That's what makes him compelling to me. Is I want to see more of him. I want to get a bit more of his backstory. It, how how does he know yes. that he's the high? Like, what what is his motivation here? Um, Eric, just, you and me have ribbed on some of the, or not ribbed. We actually praised some of these uh-huh. movies for not delving into these backgrounds of some of these characters. You know, when yeah. he's like corny, like this is how I became the villain. But yes. I want to know how this guy became the villain. <laughs> well, I, I you know, Alex, I think there's a reason for that, though, right? Like. I don't think we're just picking and choosing. Well, in a sense, we are picking and choosing, <laughs> but we're not picking and choosing randomly, I should say, right? Like, certain times, like in a certain movie, like this one, which has no real character development, you need somebody with character development. And that could be the bad guy, right? The bad guy could be the character um, that could make this film interesting. But because we don't have any character with character development, we need somebody. And so that's why mm. I would choose like in another film though, for example, what, what was another one that we, we said we, we didn't care that there was no character development. Uh, well, the different scientists that we've had through the Frankenstein series, True. Um, True. even in the, the bride of Frankenstein, I'm glad yes. we didn't have yeah. the background on that character and just Frankenstein himself. Like what yeah. led him well, down the path. And all when, that. when the focus is different, right? You don't need that character development you can keep that mysterious and still maintain your movie when you have other points of interest here we needed that point of interest you or, know what i mean yeah or like Hel- uh, van helsing is like another yeah. good example van Hels- yeah that's a good example for sure um what about your most memorable line award uh i i'm not even going to go through it because it's 20 minutes long but the instructions by the high priest at the at the beginning like the amount of the length of his instructions would make the guy that carried Mowgli blush, right? <laughs> he had three instructions. This, I mean, this may have been three, but it took, it felt like it took 15 minutes oh, yeah. to get through all of the instructions. Like this I still man wasn't sure what, it, what he meant by the end of it. Like I was confused about three Tana leaves, nine Tana leaves. Yeah. So, but don't go nine over tana nine leaves. Tana leaves because then it's a problem. So three Tana leaves, nine Tana leaves. 
don't go but, over nine, but maybe maybe tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- this is this is a guy that he was so old he got stuck in his ways and he just refused to have an editor and so he just couldn't cut things down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good uh my most memorable line is babe jensen your compelling character award who at the end of the film says uh (laughs) marta passes out and 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 he says oh that's just like a woman when the shooting's all over and everything they pass out and then he passes out yes (laughs) i do i love that and and he gets his head yeah oh yeah it's goofy like that's goofy and it's tongue-in-cheek um, and it makes him look even sillier than he actually is. Yes. So I, I, that was a, a bit comedic to me. I, I will give it that. <laughs> that was good. What about your uh, can't believe that acting award? Well, my can't believe that acting award goes to the master of instructions himself, Alex, um, the high priest that you mentioned, who is played by Eduardo Cianelli, I believe. Um, this actor seemed about 95 years old but i looked up to see how old he was when he was playing and and he was definitely wearing a lot of makeup and doing a lot of acting to make himself seem older alex because he was only about 50 years old um when he was playing this character and he ended up living another 30 years so um (laughs) (laughs) uh he was uh I, i just liked his performance he felt authentic despite the fact that he, that he was younger. Um, what about you? What about your can't believe the acting award? Yeah. You know, I'll give it to, uh, Cecil Kellaway as Mr. Silvani. Mm-hmm. I actually think he does the, I mean, he, he's very likable, but he plays like the likable, um, I don't want to say goof, but the likable Mark, I guess mm-hmm. in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, like he's, he's believably oblivious, and <laughs> falls for their their yeah. stuff despite being a master of deception because he, he practices magic. So mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of funny. And his portrayal is just pretty lovable. Oh, yeah. No, I, I'll, I'll give it that. It's definitely a lovable portrayal. What I'll say, Alex, is a piece of humor that didn't work for me is when his daughter <laughs> leaves him in that box. I'm oh, like, yeah. That just doesn't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> right like <laughs> you're not gonna leave this guy in this box for who knows how long um maybe she knew that he could get out because yeah she knew he could get out i mean he he worked maybe. his way over there he could get out i guess <laughs> but i was like uh, i don't know i don't know it didn't work for me that scene was a little little much yeah but uh what about your oh that's a good shot uh, you know, we've mentioned it a couple times, but these close-ups of the mummy, where you see the black orb eyes, mm-hmm. uh, they are actually pretty, some pretty intimidating shots, and I think they're definitely better than the close-ups that we got of the mummy from the previous film, where it's just, they're, well, those were cool, I think this is more intimidating, which is what I want from a monster. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good one. Um, mine is right at the beginning of the film when we get those establishing shots that are rushed through so they don't establish anything, we finally get to one that does establish something. And it's when Indoheb gets off the camel. I just thought it was kind of interesting. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's actually nothing about like the shot that was really super impressive. I just yeah. thought the way that the camel moved and started to hunch over and like got down 
that was pretty interesting to me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. That one stood out. So, so anyway, Eric, um, what about your unique award? Uh, my unique award is the Can't Believe That Shooting Award. Mm. And that goes to uh, Marla, who apparently her toy gun makes holes in the wall, Alex. Um, yeah, I noticed that too. I was like, that's strange. But yeah, so the toy gun had me spooked a little bit. But apparently she's able to make a heart shape pretty mm-hmm. easily with that, um, pretty perfectly with that toy gun. Um, so I was impressed by uh, her shooting. So can't believe that shooting award, oh. Marta. And I got to give a can't, can't believe that shooting award as well to um, Babe Jensen. Babe. Yeah. For putting so many holes in that bad guy. <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> and then I've also got the Living BS Detector Award. Okay. And I'm going to give this to uh, Steve Banning. He immediately knows that that guy is lying to him when he mm-hmm. sends it, when he gives him that vase, which yeah. I was actually surprised by, right? But I think that's a, attributed probably to this movie's runtime and maybe that fast pace because in every other movie, we see he gets tricked at first and then he realizes mm-hmm. and then there's that. So it was cool to see him like kind of have that, that uh, wherewithal, yeah. I guess to understand that. I, again, that, that scene actually, I think is one of the better scenes of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's like sometimes these, these films, one of the things that hurts their pacing, I think Alex is they try to hold their cards to their chest. Right. Yeah. And so we know that eventually, like in, in, in another film, we would know eventually that Steve is going to uh, eventually not trust this guy, right? But he'll trust him at first because he's the expert. Hmm. What this film does well at that point, at that moment, is it shows us its cards. It doesn't hold anything back from us, right? It's right. like, all right, we're going to get to what, what you know is going to happen already. Uh, we're going to get to it so we can get over it and move forward. And I appreciated that, right? I appreciate that because it creates that moment of conflict between the two and it spurs the plot forward um, faster than some of these other films. So I, I can appreciate that for sure. Mm, yeah. Yep, for sure. All right. About, oh, who do you, who you want to go first for these final thoughts in the rating, the tiered rating? <laughs> were you, you were about to call on me, weren't you, Alex? I was. I was, but then I was like, <laughs> well, maybe Eric has a preference and you were starting your sentence at the same time. So I was like, who... What do you want to do? Uh, I'll go first, Alex. I'll I'll go first. I I can do that. I'll allow it. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, The Mummy's Hand. I think The Mummy's Hand (laughs) is my first. Is that that your review? (laughs) That's my review. It's a sigh and uh, uh, yeah, The Mummy's Hand. It's my first Gabra tier film, Alex. We've got our Godzilla tier, our Gamera tier. This one is my first Gabra tier uh universal film um it's all over the place i don't think it knows exactly what it wants to do it doesn't have any characters that are compelling there is some potential in a few areas that we've talked about but the potential is not followed through and so this to me is is probably the lowest on my list so far of the universal films that we have watched yeah, I'm right there with you, Eric. This is my first Gabra tier. Uh, this is a pretty disappointing one. I was kind of coming in this one, you know, excited about how much we've enjoyed our sequels overall. 
Mm-hmm. And this is just uh, a bit of a failure in most ways. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I don't think the monster redeems it. The characters aren't interesting enough. And the story is kind of bland. Like We could have really used a villain in this. Um, yeah. A more interest, or I guess a more interesting, interesting. villain. Some more yeah. layers could have really changed this one a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm right there with you. This is Gabra, and hopefully next week's movie is a little better. I agree. Uh, all right, Alex. Next week, another sequel. A sequel we just saw recently. Another sequel to that. We've got the Invisible Woman. Right, not the Invisible Man. The Invisible Woman. And then, Alex, after that, just to preview a little bit, uh, for those following along, we have The Wolfman. So we're getting into another popular one soon. Invisible Woman is pretty popular, too, though. So you have any rhymes for Invisible Woman, Alex? Yeah, I mean, when the woman becomes invisible, I hope the quality isn't divisible because I really don't want to be miserable. Ooh, Hey, that was good. That's off the top of my head. (laughs) Hey, that was good. That was good. Um, Man, rhyming with invisible was a great idea, Alex. Uh, (laughs) When we watch The Invisible Woman, (laughs) will it be less than or will it be greater than or will it just pan man? You took a page out of my book for that one. Oh, it was rough. It was that rough. Was bad. <laughs> was it my was it my shining moment? <laughs> As always, thank you for listening to Monsters vs. Men. We want to hear from you. Email us, mvmpod at gmail.com or go to mvmpod.com to leave us your feedback on the mummy's hand. Maybe you love this film and you can't understand why we don't love it. We want to hear from you. Send us your thoughts and we'll read those on the show. You can also follow us and message us on Twitter and Instagram at MVM underscore pod. You can also become a bargain base mite at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod and receive weekly bonus content, including special reviews, interviews, and host chats. And if you can't help monetarily at this time, a review on your favorite podcasting platform always helps. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornette. Executive producers are Faye Basier and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, comma, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, which forms Subblock B, Louis Loops, Senor Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next time, don't stuff your dad in a suitcase and try, try to, to stay, stay alive. alive. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. He shambles less than a mombi. A mombi. Wow. He shambles less than a zombie. So maybe he is a mombie, Alex. (laughs) Maybe.